They actually seem to believe that we don't know what they're doing and what their game plan is, but we do. And we're pissed because it's been our work, it's been our treasure, our blood that's done everything positive America has ever done. It's been its citizens. It hasn't been a bunch of elitist thugs who are parasites on the very system they seek to destroy. They call us deplorables, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists, even as they allow deadly drugs and countless numbers of people wanting to destroy us across our borders, even as they push vaccines that kill our children and imprison real American patriots and commit treason many times over. While we Americans are unlike any people tyrants have faced before, we know our rights, we demand our freedom and liberty, and we demand the servants of the people learn their place. Patriots, welcome to episode 182 of the Patriot Review. It's entitled, What's Killing America? We'll have Jason Rance on in a little while, and we'll talk about his new book by that title. Um, so what are you going to do for Halloween, folks? Are you um, are you tired of all the tricks that we've seen over the past, oh, geez, five to ten years, really? Are you tired of that? So I'm going to be a grumpy old patriot who's sick and tired of the establishment and their fraud and treasonous actions that occur on a regular basis so i think i don't even think i need to really get a costume right i mean i look like uh i look like the the disgusted patriot right so in all in all seriousness though um there's a lot going on. There's a lot of negative stuff going on. There's positive, of course, as well. Um, we tend to focus too much on the negative. But what has to happen is, you know, we've for a long time been told that you can't talk about two things, religion and politics. Well, folks, we need to change that mindset. And coming up at the end of the year here, maybe a good New Year's resolution would be to make the commitment to the legacy of fighting for freedom of future generations. I told uh, my story many times, and if you're just joining us here, if you're on blessed.news or Rumble or CloudHub, or if you're watching this, you know, what I what I really said was that, you know, the average 55-year-old male at the time, probably going through a little bit of a midlife crisis, sits down and says, hey, you know, what what is my legacy going to be? Well, the legacy is going to be to provide that freedom for future generations or fight for that freedom for future generations. And that really is a legacy that will ensure that, you know, you uh, are at least doing something that is worthy and worthwhile. And um, so that's what I came to, you know, because let's face it, in today's world, everything is so fast paced and there's so much to concentrate on that you, ha you have to pick and choose your battles in uh, so that's what I decided, and hopefully you decide to make that your New Year's resolution. 
and uh, to definitely stand up and definitely talk about religion and politics. And uh, hopefully you can do that in a in a way that is is at least only moderate moderately painful because of course we are immediately attacked and scorned and and everything else and there's uh, nothing better than the, than what's going on between Israel and Palestinians uh, Palestinians and to see you know what's going on in reaction to that um, conflict and the world just seems to get more and more crazy so we're gonna take a little look at what's going on so one of the things that one of the flags that I fly outside of my house is the Gadsden flag and of course you know the Gadsden flag is is associated with racism which it had absolutely nothing to do with but here's a boy who is standing up for his free speech and uh, in Denver uh, Jaden Rodriguez he doesn't want his Colorado school district to tread on his Gadsden flag or his gun rights pat patches. Another example here of free speech not being honored, but uh, that, of course, is only to our side. Uh, the classrooms are full of rainbow flags, and, uh, you know, it's you, you only can't be political when it's what they don't want to hear. We're seeing that, of course, in our so-called universities where that are supposed to be the bastions of critical thinking, and they're not. So this 12-year-old middle school schooler filed late Monday a federal lawsuit against Harrison School District 2 and Vanguard School in Colorado, Colorado Springs, arguing that the dress code policy banning his background badges violates his free speech rights. And, of course, um, you know, there's... there's um, some accepted things that are that are banned those things that could cause uh or that are discriminatory and stuff and so this is where this whole racist charge comes in but in fact the true history of this flag has nothing to do with race whatsoever this was actually a flag used to represent uh one particular person or the the continental navy and the history is this in in the fall of 1775 the british were occupying boston and the young uh, continental army was holed up in cambridge lacking, lacking the necessary supplies to last through through the season welcome to the battle of bunker hill it was here that washington's troops the young continental army had been so low on gunpowder that they were ordered not to fire until you see the whites of their eyes we all should remember that from our history lesson right soon enough a merchant ship was returning to philadelphia from a voyage to england and on board were private letters of the second continental congress that informed washington troops that the british government was sending two ships loaded with arms and gunpowder an opportunity to capture supplies that they couldn't afford not to capitalize on a plan was hatched by Washington and the Second Continental Congress to capture the, the cargo ships. To do so, they quickly authorized the creation of a Continental Navy, starting with four ships. So that is where the that is where the uh, the true Gadsden flag comes from. And this just happens to be a website of some really cool products. This PatriotWood.com, uh, and uh, those are. Uh, those are awesome so 
you can check that out. I have no affiliation whatsoever. I was just looking for a really good summary of what the history was, and the website's awesome for that. So, all right. So we we are going to uh, talk to Jason Rance. We'll get hit right to him here, and uh, I want to welcome to the show Mr. Jason Rance. Uh, Jason, are you there? Can you hear me? I can. Awesome. Are you able to do video, or are you not prepared for video? I do not have video ready. Apologies. Okay. Oh, no problem. Um, so tell me, sir, how are you doing? It's an honor to have you on the Patriot Review. This is the first time that we've talked. I've listened to you. I've seen you on several shows, and I, I am an admirer of you and your work. So Thank welcome you. to the Patriot Review. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're very welcome. And you <laughs> you, uh, you are right in the heart of uh, enemy territory there, so to speak, I guess. Um, <laughs> Indeed I am. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, for the viewers that uh, aren't real familiar with you, your backstory and how did you get to be doing what you're doing today? I mean, when I started doing radio in Seattle, there was obviously uh, not a whole lot of conservatives doing anything here. Uh, media is overwhelmingly occupied by very far to the left, liberals in some cases, socialists in other cases, radicals. And so there was a little niche for me to uh, to exploit. I was always doing conservative talk radio, so I just decided to get more into the journalism space for, for what I was covering locally. And then I got discovered by Tucker Carlson's team, and uh, the rest is history. And how's it been so far? Uh, it's been very busy. Uh, it's been very <laughs> rewarding, but it's been definitely very busy. I mean, there's always something to talk about. There's always stories going on that there's both a local and national interest in and then of course based on the work that i do with fox it's really sort of um bloomed into something more than just pacific northwest issues so now i've got my my normal go-to shows i've got my normal sort of beats uh it kind of depends on the show that i'm on which stories i end up covering but it, it's been fun to expand outside of seattle and of course the book is completely expanded outside of Seattle. Yeah, so I've got a graphic up with your book, What's Killing America. Uh, I don't has, have it as of yet, but I will definitely get a copy. And and uh, I'm looking forward to that read. So I've got some questions prepared, but I really want this to be kind of a, uh, you know, a, a coffee discussion over coffee type of atmosphere. And my show is it's always to, to let people see the person behind the activities that they're doing. So um, you have been talking recently about anti-Semitism in the United States and in the world. And uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. You know, my first question is, so we have two things going on simultaneously. We have the Ukraine, right? And then we have what's happening in Israel today. Um, why don't we see the We Support Israel logos all over websites of these woke corporations? And why don't we find, you know, the, the fundraisers and the, the outrage at uh, the violation of Israel's border? And, you know, is, it, is really the, the problem of anti-Semitism, has it reached the, the near uh, commonality that it was back in the late 30s are we at that point now or where do you think we're at no so i i don't think we're at that point the good news is poll after poll after poll shows that we're definitely not at that point 
but we do have a very vocal that they might be smaller in numbers, but they are a very vocal group of anti-Semites. When you've got people who celebrate a terrorist attack against Jews, they get into the streets and celebrate. And to this day are still not only celebrating, but pretending that these are martyrs, that the folks are freedom fighters in Hamas, a terrorist organization. That should alarm the hell out of everybody. I, I don't necessarily need any corporation to take any political position or position in favor of one group. I, I just don't need that. I need them right. to not do the opposite, right? And I, I I see that as a win. I think it's obviously a controversial issue for some folks. I think there's a lot of misinformation or a misunderstanding from some others who maybe are equivocating where they stand. And I understand that because I, uh, I don't think the media generally does a good job of explaining Middle East issues. I certainly don't think they do a good job covering uh, Israeli issues. And I, I, it's not that I'm, I'm not to the point where I say I don't blame them because it is, it can be complicated to explain to someone who doesn't know anything about it. And I, I don't see the media as taking that role generally. I don't think it is their job to do sort of the 101 all the time. But I, I, I do think that people should be paying attention to the folks who are taking to the streets, to the folks and their specific messages. And I do think that there's a lot of opportunity for people like me, for people like you, to make sure that the truth is getting out there, that information is getting out there, and that we're explaining precisely what's going on and why. Yeah, there's definitely a, a loss, I think, uh, that we all feel these days of re real and reliable information. And that's why people like me have sprouted up out of the woodwork, because, you know, we've just gotten so disgusted about it that many of us have found ourselves in the position and i believe i believe that um put in the position um by situations that weren't within our control and by by god basically i think that we're we're all in a position to speak up and try to save our country and just before you hopped on i was talking about you know me personally I was 55 years old. I'm kind of in the uh, midlife crisis time period, and I thought about what my legacy is going to be because, really, let's face it, you're three, four generations down the road, you're already, you know, kind of forgotten unless you have people that are that are really interested in their in their uh, you know history and 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 everything. So, um, so what I what I'm saying is, in order to connect these two things together, is that um, the media doesn't do the job that it once did and instead they become they have become a propaganda arm and that's not news to anybody so i think that that's a lot of what's going on and when it comes to israel it's just not politically correct it's just it's just part of the woke um mindset that has really caused these folks to feel like they can just talk and say anything they want and i think there's an element of um you know, always being the victim and mm -hmm. and uh, you know just this one side of the one side of the aisle can speak up. I think the universities are the best example. The universities that used used to be bastions of critical thinking are now you know propaganda arms as well. And it's a shame to see our our children go to these universities and become completely changed based on stuff that's just not factual. 
Um, I would caution so, you against that, though. I, I don't know if it's just them changing in college. I mean, I think what we've seen very no. clearly is that you've got radical educators starting at a very young age, and they are putting this in front of these kids from the moment they step into the classroom. And it may not be as direct when they're in first grade uh, about oppressor versus oppressed, but they're certainly bringing those elements into the classroom. And I think that that is hitting them every single day of their elementary, middle, and high school careers. And so they are already primed to start to believe this stuff when they get into college. And I think that, you know, when you take advantage of them, when they're vulnerable, right, when their minds can be molded, especially when parents don't realize what's going on, you're doing a disservice to these kids, but they're basically having their worldview being shaped by radicals. And then in college, that's where it all kind of comes together, where they're now starting to implement the, the the more deep ideas into their minds. And that's what they end up coming out of college with, or, or in some cases going to college with. But I really think the, the most damaging parts of the radical worldview are very clearly instilled with them in college. Without a doubt. And you make a fair point. You know, I think, I think it was Reagan who said, you know, if you're, in your 20s and you're not a liberal, you have no heart. And if you're in your 40s and you're not a conservative, you have no brain, right? Exactly. Um, so I, I think that um, I think that you make a fair point there. And we are seeing things in elementary school, like the types of books that are in the school libraries that really are you know, teaching eight-year-olds how to have oral sex with you know other members of their gender, right? And um, all kinds of other issues that, that come into play during edu being educated in today's America. Uh, so you have also been talking lately, we'll get back on Israel here and and uh, the anti-Semitism that exists. Uh, you made a comment that I found very interesting in one of your last podcasts. It was talking about um, outing people for being anti-Semites. And to, to do that, and you're in favor of that, I am as well. I think that, you know, when you are standing up to people, the difference between us and them is that we're, we're not the ones who get violent. We're not the ones that flip tables on the university because we don't like what it says. And while there's extremes at either side, uh, what do you what do you really see or envision in uh, our our next year here before the presidential election on November 5th? As far as the issue goes with um, with this, do you think the anti-Semite issue is uh, an, an issue that will will bring more people behind Trump, or is this an issue that you just think people aren't willing to open up to yet? I don't know if it's going to bring people behind Trump, but I do think that there's going to be a clear reckoning within the Democrat Party that they're going to have to deal with. American Jews overall vote Democrat. Now, I happen to be right. an anomaly in that I'm as a Republican, but I think they're going to have to figure this out because there are a lot of Jews out there in this country who feel betrayed by the Democrats, who are embracing gun rights suddenly. Uh, I've, I've got a Fox Business hit today on that very topic of American Jews are turning to guns for personal protection. And there's this kind of inner conflict because you've got on the one hand that they're for the most part, very, very liberal. And they've been taught to be very, very liberal. And the idea of personal gun ownership isn't necessarily taboo per se, but it's obviously frowned upon within Democrat and very liberal circles. But now they find themselves in positions where they 
are starting to understand why folks on the right are such believers in the Second Amendment who really, really, really understand what personal uh, choice is when it comes to gun ownership. So all of a sudden, they're starting to rethink some of their ideological positions while at the exact same time saying, I've been so loyal to this Democrat Party. And for the most part, they're silent as members of the progressive base within their party are stating flat out Hamas propaganda, all so that they can demonize Jews and demonize Israel. And I don't see very many people just calling out the anti-Semitism on the left. They're saying, we got to stand up against anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. They're the ones who are putting those two together. <laughs> yeah. They're coupling those right. two together on purpose, despite the fact that it is radical Muslims in this country and around the world who are committing the anti-Semitism. So I, I think that they're going to have to figure that out. Whether or not, I, so for the most part, I don't necessarily think that's going to mean that all of a sudden American Jews are going to vote for Republicans. But I do think it might mean that they stop their level of support, their level of enthusiasm. Maybe it means they don't vote as often. Maybe it means they don't talk to their friends and family members to get them to vote for a Democrat. And maybe it means they're not going to donate to campaigns or individual there's one, there's one I was There's the one I was looking for. That's the big one. I mean, that's the big one. You, the money, the money evaporates, and maybe that'll make a difference because uh, money is kind of the root of all evil, right? And um, politicians rely on that, obviously, and they rely on special interests and everything else. It may not be a, a moral factor that changes the Democrats and the rhinos. It may be the money factor, which is sad to say, but I think probably more accurate. Um, so let me ask you, do you think that the 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 loyalty to the Democratic Party from from Jews is based on what the Democrats used to be? And are they now waking up to what they have changed into? And is that the reason why you just explained what you think is going on there? I, so at, at a total fairness, I don't think the Democrat Party is anti-Israel. I think the progressive base within the Democratic Party is, right. and that's certainly gotten bigger, but I don't think your run-of-the-mill average Democrat, whether they're serving in Congress or they're just you know, a, a citizen, I don't think that they're anti-Israel. But the progressive movement, which is obviously tied to the Democrat Party, they're not traditional Democrats, certainly, um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's where you're getting the problems. And I think that that's where there's going to be some rethinking from the, the Democrat Party, hopefully behind the scenes, if they're not going to do it publicly, of what are you going to do with this problem? Because it's not just their anti-Semitism on the far left. I mean, they have radical views that are not in line generally with the Democrat positions, right? The, the more quote-unquote mainstream positions. They are very, very, very radical. And because they're a growing part of the party, you've got the mainstream Democrats and the party leadership saying, well, we can't alienate them because we need them, that they're part of us staying in power. But they're just shooting themselves in the foot at that point, because I do think ultimately the more people learn about progressive movements and once they're able to decode the language that the radical left uses, which is a key part of my book, I, I think they're going to start to say they're hurting us more than they're helping us. And we need to do something about that. Right. I think that's right on. So. The shifting topics here, um, the plea deals that people are taking in, in the Georgia Trump case, um, I, I listened to you talk about that a little bit, and you were talking about, you know, the 
the the hearing or the trial itself changing course because of those plea deals and you were talking about attorneys and being being able to rely on what your attorney is telling you as good faith information right um and you had said that you don't see trump going to jail and i agree with that as well but do you think that the the, the plea deals are really just to make Trump look more guilty? Um, to, to a degree. I mean, look, we always kind of knew there were going to be plea deals. That That's just how mm -hmm. all of this generally works. I, I think there's going to be a reluctance to offer or accept a plea deal if you're Donald Trump because of that particular reason. You look guilty when you do this, and of course you have to plead guilty to something. So, uh, you know, it's it's a difficult question because it is a normal, to, to be fair, it is a normal part of all of these kinds of proceedings. Now, this one is a little bit different because it's inherently political. I think it's political from the beginning and how it was brought, but mm -hmm. it is still a normal part of the procedures. I think people have to pay close attention to not just who is getting the plea deals, but what are they playing to and what are they saying in their their statements? I think Jenna Ellis statement yesterday was really telling. And I, I said this on my own radio show of, you know, people are saying she threw Donald Trump under the bus. No, she didn't. Not in that statement. She was very clearly talking about lawyers misleading her. And that's really what this is about. And that actually benefits, I think, Donald Trump. If you are getting good faith advice or believe you're getting good faith advice from your attorney you're not breaking the law you're you're counting on them to be able to tell you what is or is not lawful that's why you have a lawyer so he clearly right. believes that the election was tampered with i i think he legitimately believes that he went to his attorneys and said how do we challenge this i think the the race was stolen i'd like to challenge this what can we do you go to a lawyer because you want to know what you can do within the bounds of the law. Now, lawyers can get things wrong, but generally we don't throw lawyers who get things wrong in jail unless it was done with nefarious intent. Now, if you have proof that something was done with nefarious intent, I want those people punished because that's not how our law is supposed to work. That's not how lawyers are supposed to work. And you're doing a disservice to your client. And in this case, if they were knowingly lying to Donald Trump or even unknowingly lying to him, they hurt him. They damaged him. And that's not what we want from any lawyers. So that's what needs to be figured out. If this was all done in good faith, if this is merely a difference of opinion coming from whether we're talking about the DA in Georgia or anywhere else, well, that's a completely different story. And that's the kind of thing that ends up getting overturned on appeal. G going in front of a jury, can yield you a, a guilty plea when you're not guilty and a not guilty plea when you're guilty, right? We've, we've seen those kinds of cases for as long as time. But when we're talking about just the b basic elements of the law, that's where it goes to the appeal and that's where the, the actual law ends up getting interpreted and then you get a real judgment. Right, okay, so let's turn to your book here. So what's killing America inside the radical left's tragic destruction of our cities? So tell, I don't want you to give the book away, obviously, but I want people to purchase it. So tell us what you're comfortable telling us about the book, why you wrote it, what's uh, what's the, the key yeah. the key takeaway, if you would. The reason why I wrote What's Killing America is because as I was covering so many of these different topics around crime and homelessness and housing and drug use and transportation, just all of these issues, I noticed basically the same themes unfolding, the same 
scripts unfolding, if you will, from city to city to city that are Democrat run and how the consequences of these policies that are being put in place, in some cases, the exact same policies with the exact same mm-hmm. language is leading to the same consequences where all of a sudden people realize that there is a crime crisis, right? They see the stories on their local news channels. Maybe it's happening in their own neighborhood. Maybe they've had a break into their home or to their car. Maybe they know someone who was assaulted. People are going into their areas downtown and they're seeing homelessness out of control. They're seeing people smoking meth in the park that you're taking your kids to. Well, at the exact same time, you're spending more money to live in your community. It just doesn't really make any sense. And so the question is, of course, well, number one, why is this happening? We kind of know what the what is. We know what is happening, but we want to know why. And ultimately, I don't think people are connecting the dots to the why. I think they know the what, but they don't know the why. There's some simplistic reasons. And sometimes when I say, when I just give the title of the book, What's Killing America on you know, uh, Twitter or X, someone will respond inevitably, Biden and the Democrats. Yeah, it's not that simple. <laughs> it's really not that simple. And if anyone thinks it's that simple, uh, unfortunately, there's going to be a harsh reality, a harsh wake-up call for these individuals, because simply booting some people out of office does not change the right. systemic and institutional reforms that Democrats put into place. And the reason they're able to continuously do this, because I get a question a lot of times in Seattle, but around the country, why do people who clearly are saying that they're unhappy with the direction of their city? Why do they keep voting for the same people? Well, I I answer that in the book. It has to do with language. The, The radical left uses language to their benefit. They have control of the language right now. The only police that they like are the word police. And they're the ones who are out there pitching certain very radical ideas in ways that don't seem all that radical. And conservatives fall for it. Liberals fall for it. Independents fall for it. So you have to know what to look for. So in the book, I take you through the real reasons behind what it is they're doing. I tell you how they pitch it so that we're able to see through some of the language tricks that they play, the rhetorical tricks that they play so that we can actually fight back and argue against these policies. And I tell you what actually does work on all sorts of issues. Again, we cover crime, drug use, homelessness, immigration, education, housing, transportation. I mean, we're at the point where we're being told what kind of stove to cook on and what kind of car to drive. Now, what's really behind this? What's the ideological position behind this? Not not the superficial, not the surface level stuff, but what's deeply behind it? Because if you don't understand the motivations, you're never going to be able to win these arguments. You will never win them. So you have to be armed with all of this knowledge. And unless we're armed with it, we're going to continue to go down this wrong path. And it's going to spread. I, I fear that what's going to happen to anyone who's watching or listening right now is what happened in San Francisco. I read a lot about San Francisco in the book because they realized at some point over the course of the last year and a half, two years, the liberal DA is insane. So they ended up recalling Chester Boudin. Those weren't conservatives who did that. Those those were liberals who did that. They decided, Mm -hmm. again, liberals, to recall the three school board directors who were eligible for recall. Now, again, not conservatives. Those are liberals who did that. The problem is they waited too long. They're too late. San Francisco is a dying city. And we're not going to see that get turned around for at least a decade. And so I don't want someone to wake up wherever it is they live to say, okay, now I'm ready to fight back. Now I'm truly ready to learn what I need to learn in order to win Mm -hmm. these battles 
only to realize that it's too late because we have a lot of cities out there where they're on the precipice of it being too late. And there are a lot of mid-sized cities and small towns that are already seeing the cult of radical progressivism spread to their neighborhoods. Some of them realize it now, some of them don't. And I was really, when I did the research for the education chapter, just seeing what was happening in small towns that are deeply red, where students as young as like second graders and third graders are being taught to hate the cops. I guarantee you that the parents don't realize that that's going on. And of yet it's, pre it's precisely what's going on because people never think it's going to come to their neighborhoods, never think it'll come to their red cities or red counties or red states. But it does. It spreads. Sure, it does. I mean, everybody sees everybody sees through the lens of their own experience. So we have parents who are waking up to what do you mean my kids aren't being educated the same way I was? I mean, yep. it, you know, it's uh, it's just I think Americans are. Uh, comfortable is probably the best word or were comfortable it's changing now but i think that they were comfortable in believing things like that and uh the accountability is just not there has not been there for a long time as far as politicians come come into it and i think that too there's there really is one party this uniparty i really believe in this that you know there's it's about profit and it's about power and i think that uh you know they seek they seek the status quo when it comes to that they seek increased wealth you know and all, going all the way back to LBJ who left office with a hundred million dollars in his pocket I mean how does that happen right mm -hmm. so there's been issues there's been issues like this forever and I think that you know a lot of them are are for the first time getting the light shine shine upon them and that's a good thing you know people complain about what's going on and stuff but on the other hand we're we're discovering what we need to know to to really fix this and and put the this nation back on track and and go in the right direction. Um, Jason, I'm going to give you just a, a little bit of time to to say what you want to say in closing and then talk about where people can get your book. Again, it's What's Killing America Inside the Radical Left's Tragic Destruction of Our Cities. I think any conservative author finds out very quickly that they rely on conservative media. They rely on folks like you. They rely on the audience to make sure that this book, actually their book, ends up getting coverage. I'm not going to get on CNN. I won't get a review in the New York Times. I won't be doing any of that because they want to make sure that this information is kept quiet. And so I think it's on all of us to support conservative authors. Um, obviously, if you're interested in the topic, it helps. But go out there and, and purchase the book and, and do what you can to make sure that others know that the book exists. Because without you guys, you know, we're not going to be able to continue to write this kind of stuff. And I think ultimately there's this belief amongst conservatives that we already know what's going on. We have to just convince liberals to a degree. I, I, I believe that, too. But if we don't know how the liberals think and talk and truly understand what's motivating them, we're not going to win those arguments. And so for those of you who recognize what's going on, I think you'll learn still a lot from this book. But ultimately, you'll be able to figure out how to convince liberals that where they're headed is not good for the neighborhoods that they live in. You can purchase the book on Amazon, Walmart.com, Barnes & Noble. Uh, make sure you call them before you head on over them to, to make sure that they have them in stock. But online, they have them in stock. So wherever it is you get your books, it's available. Right now, there's a sale over at Walmart.com and Amazon.com. So those are the ones if you're looking for the best prices. 
Well, I'm looking forward to the read. I do have a lot of conservative authors there on yep. uh, this show, and uh, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, and I welcome you back anytime. Uh, appreciate you coming on, and I wish you the best of luck and stay safe out there, all right? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk again, I'm sure. Thank you. God bless. Patriots, it's me, Wayne Alaroot, otherwise known as War. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Alaroot, Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and streaming live on the Blessed News iPhone and Android apps. Tune in to watch me drive home the truth and dismantle the fake news narrative with big name nightly guests and exclusive interviews with all the heavy hitters you know and love. Become part of history as we make America godly again and launch the first faith-centered conservative broadcasting network where Jesus Christ is commander in chief of all of our stories and where truth and integrity really matter. Join me Monday through Friday on any of our platforms or on the Blessed News website, blessed.news, where you can stream all the shows for free, or you can sign up for Blessed Plus for even more access to Raw and Unfiltered with me, Wayne Allen Root, the hardest working man in show business. Thank you, and God bless America. Steel News will be joining the Blessed News Network 11 p.m. weeknights. I'm Ann Vandersteel, and I'm very excited to be a part of the programming put together by Jake Lang. Doesn't matter if he's behind bars. He's a January 6th political hero, as far as I'm concerned. And Steel News will be reporting the truth of everything happening, not only in the swamp, but around the world to help you put into context what's really going on so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Steel News, 11 p.m. on the Blessed News Network. All right, we are back. One website I wanted to mention uh, during the interview there is Jason's personal website, which is just jasonrantz.com. And uh, you can find out all about his book there. You find out about him, listen to his podcast. You can read his blogs. He's got a lot of great stuff there. So please do check that out. Again, that's jasonrantz.com. You probably are familiar with him, so I probably don't have to spell his name, but I will just in case. So this show, you know, you notice that uh, I basically just skipped a couple or 
one, I guess, ad break, and that is because I'm more concerned about bringing the content to you and to giving you giving you value for your your time, which is very valuable in itself, and I appreciate that. So if you'd like what I do and you like the interviews that you hear and you like the show, please consider supporting me as well. I have a lot of great uh, affiliate agreements. You can go to uh, uh, any of those and you can get to them through my website as well, which is redbloodedpatriots.com. So I appreciate, I appreciate that and I appreciate your support in general. Uh, a couple more news stories I think I'm going to go into. Um, <clears throat> so KJP. Uh, Boy, what a mess. Biden admin priorities very clear by ignoring anti-Semitism questions to launch defense of Muslims. So this is the party. To me, any party that could have the squad on their side is one that you don't want to be part of. And the anti-Semitism, you know, I talked pretty much uh, probably 50% of the interview I just did with Jason Rance was talking about anti-Semitism. And it's very concerning. And, you know, when you have a, a, a White House and a party that doesn't take people to task, you know, unless you were waved into a building by Capitol Police officers and you're the first time in D.C. and you think, hey, it must be okay to go in there, those people, they persecute. Even the people who didn't go in there, they persecute. But when it comes to really saying anti-Semitic stuff, and you notice that, you know, the... The FBI and the other three-letter alphabet soup uh, thug agencies put uh, people like me and you in the category of being, you know, white supremacists and stuff. Um, yet it's their party that has members of Congress that are so uh, misguided and hateful, and you have situations like this where you know the, the the issue itself is completely ignored and that tells you that they know they know what I just said is true so here you have the press secretary on Monday uh, she fielded a question she fielded a question about the Biden administration's concerns over rising anti-semitism the answer or the answer said more than the Democrats want Americans to know it was her body language, it was her words, and most of all, it's what she didn't say. question came midway through the day's White House news briefing, as the transcript shows. She was asked very specifically about Joe Biden's level of concern right now about the rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on. Uh, she says, there are a couple things to notice here. And she goes into... She goes into... Uh, First, her body language, we've said that there was noticeable grimace was the word anti-Semitism and her head nodding before the question was even finished. She looked like a sullen teenager getting asked about her homework, basically. So check out the video and that is available on Western Journal and you can check that uh, video out. And it's just, uh, as she says, Muslims and those... Muslims and those where I just lost my place because it refreshed. Well, here, let's listen to it. Level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel. So a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats. Uh, and so 
uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. And certainly President Biden understands that many of our Muslim Arab Arab Americans and Palestinian American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities. And that is something you heard the president speak to in his uh, in his address. Uh, All right. So she's an obvious, you know, right away switches it over to to Muslim. Well, you know what? I mean, as I've said on the show before, you don't have terrorists running around, you know, yelling uh, slogans that show their Christian belief as they're killing people like you do on the opposite side and uh, you don't have Israel taking prisoners taking civilians prisoner for example it's the other side who are the terrorists and right away she she changes it to try to defend the the Muslims and uh, the radical Muslims in general so they can say what they want but the truth is that they themselves are anti-semitic and that's just my opinion uh, I'm sure you you may agree. If you disagree, that's fine too. But uh, we certainly have this issue. All right, I need to get to Mr. Bud Cornwell, and I need to fix this camera view. Be with me. All right. Looks like he is coming in. There he is. Hello, Gunny. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, sir. Awesome. Just, Thanks for joining me. I know we always <laughs> we, we always connect in the morning. Uh, I apologize for that. That's uh, my lack of organization showing uh, again. All right. But, uh, uh, I've got some great, great news this morning. All right. Let's hear it. Yesterday, I went to the VA hospital, and I had a... Uh, Cancer screenings done, and they all came yeah. back negative. That's awesome. So that is awesome. That's awesome. My, my dad got diagnosed with cancer when he was sixty-three. Wow. And so I got, so I just turned sixty. So I said, "Well, talking with the VA," and she asked me the last time I had a screening. I said, "I've never had a cancer screening." She went, "What?" <laughs> so. Yeah, and you're kind of shocked me there for a minute, you know. <laughs> right? Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. It's good to hear. But I'm going to have to camper today, trust me. Yes, praise good. God. <laughs> that's all I can say is praise God. Well, he certainly deserves the credit, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. So what else is on your mind? What are you thinking about these days when it comes to um, our world and the potential for conflict and uh, everything that we see? happening um, around us with Israel well, I, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a great question because a lot of people don't, they don't think about issues or whatever until they hear about it or, you know, the news talks about it or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this event, well, it's a war really, but you have this thing that happens in Israel often, right? This one's, this one's pretty bad, but Anyway, so you got that. Then you put, then finally people are starting to put two and two together where we're getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of people crossing the border every month, right? What yeah. is the chances of terrorists coming through the border? 
100%. Now, I've known this ever since this border issue started. Ever since Donald Trump decided to build the wall, I said, well, good. Maybe to keep out the terrorists. It's, I've always known that. So I'm finding out that you know, now this is becoming a big deal. I said, this has been a big deal, you know, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when Obama started all that stuff. But here's the thing. They've already, in this year alone, captured, you know, contained 173 known terrorists on the terrorist list. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we're getting... You know, a hundred thousand or ninety thousand or eighty thousand a month coming across, and they've only caught one hundred seventy-three. Imagine how many of them they didn't catch. So right. I'm absolutely yeah. convinced. I know for a fact. I'm not trying to scare the audience or whatever. I'm not fearful. Psalms twenty-three: Though we walk through the shadow of death, fear no evil. But I'm telling you, they're here, and they're here now. Right. And they're, they're going to do something. They are planning, yep. whether people believe or not. So that's my biggest, I wouldn't say concern. It's, I would point this as the the largest failure of America today, right now, is this open border issue. Hands down. Because it's going to get ugly. It's going to get real ugly, without a doubt. And uh, I just had Jason Rance on the show, and he's he's been talking about how many many jews now are buying weapons because of what they see happening in israel and the anti-semitism they see and monday uh, when the press secretary came out and she was asked a question about you know the anti-semitism that's that's rearing its ugly head she immediately switched to you know the plight of muslims and really just did not want to answer any question other than giving it some you know brief notice and uh, then she went on to talk about muslims and uh you know which in itself is anti-semitic and not addressing the issue and then the other issue as far as the border is concerned is there's a story out now it says uh the biden biden been uh, sued so biden's being sued after sneaking deported illegals back into this country so again how do you you know we, we, you and I are discussing this this documentary project called High Treason, right? And I mean, how do you not come to the conclusion that this is deliberate, and uh, we have people in the in the in the government that are probably more dangerous than any other administration we've ever had, um, with all the tensions? And there's one story I would add on to yours, and that is, we also know that Iran is attacking us, our mm-hmm. our military with drones and everything else and the writing to me the writing on the wall is a writing on the wall we got you got chinese and taiwan and i think china is is still going to attack i quite frankly i'm surprised they haven't attacked with the opportunity that they have to attack and maybe they're not ready i don't know but so all this is going on right and uh and at the same time america's own leaders are weakening our country and I don't think that you are being too severe at all in what you're saying is coming. I think we'll see probably something worse than 9-11 happen. Um, I hope not. I, hope I, not. I do, too. I, I mean, none of us wants, wants this to happen, especially those of us in the military, 
that have been in, you know, specific countries and seen what happens to uh, civilians specifically. Because you've got to remember these these people are caught in between these these different fights in a war, right? So mm -hmm. it's never justified, but it happens. This is different. What we're talking about is evil individuals, pure evil individuals with a sole purpose of an agenda. They know, these terrorists know, even the ones in Palestine know, they are never going to defeat Israel. They already know that. It's, this, it's not like, well, maybe we can. No, this is pure terror. This is all this is. Right. And and the, what would happen here is very similar. They're not going to go and attack Fort Hood Army Base in Texas. They're not stupid. Right. But what they will do is they will go and attack that little church down the road with mm -hmm. 35 people in the pews and kill everyone. You may get loners. Think twice you, about it. You, you'll get loners, though, that are crazies and they'll do something like that. I mean, we had that happen in the army right. base, right? <clears throat> but yeah, I think or, as far as far as a terrorist attack, a plot that's actually organized and is it, they're going to look for like they did with the World Trade Center, right. maximum level of terror inflicted. Correct. And and uh, so there was one question. I know we're you know pushing time here, but there's one question that I was thinking about earlier and I wanted to ask you about and that is when we you and I talk we talk about you know the veterans and how disgusted they are with what's happening and the oath that that you all take and I wanted to ask you is there any difference generationally when it comes to what veterans are saying is there is are the younger veterans uh, a little more forgiving as far as what they're seeing or are they less forgiving or is there any kind of a difference in the viewpoint whatsoever well so far i haven't run into any veteran at any different age active duty and uh you know retired or you know got out that has that this does not impact them they're out there i know there are these, you know, what I would consider people that are going in the military because it's a job, not mm -hmm. necessarily dedication to America. And do we have those type of people in military? Absolutely. I mean, even when I was in from 82 to 2002, uh, I was questioning some Marines that I run into and their actual loyalty to the to the country. You know, because you can tell that, that some of these, you can, you can definitely tell the difference between a real, honest-to-God Marine and somebody that's just kind of just just wearing the uniform, you know, and, mm -hmm. and kind of like a worker, right? Like an auto worker. Goes in, does what he got to do, and then he goes home. And they don't want to get, they don't want to be involved in, even though, some things you have to have to be involved, but um, and most of these are the ones that can't wait to get out. 
So they have a four or six year contract. And after a couple of years, they don't want to be in the Marine Corps anymore. So their attitude gets real bad and it just goes downhill from there. Right. So I've seen those, those people. Is there, was there a lot of them? No, but there were, you know, yeah. enough of them to recognize those people. And I think this is the same situation. We have people that are possibly terrorists, born terrorists that have infiltrated or gotten into our military. And yeah, I would, I think you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, you know, we're running, ran out of time here, but, um, Sometimes I'd like to talk about those people, those people in the military who see what the government has done right. and are also discouraged and disgusted. The Afghanistan withdrawal is a prime example. Yep. But uh, that, we'll save that for the next time. But um, Bud, so you can folks, you can catch Gunny on thepatriotcause.com. He's got a great podcast and is working on uh, bringing that to a vlog, a video uh, thing, right? And you're changing changing some stuff around yep but uh so anything you want to say in 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 the end here and other than the patriotcause.com maybe where people can find and follow you well i'm on getter and x as a, as it's called now twitter yeah. uh, that's the only two places that i really do social stuff um but i want i want to say that I, I really want us to pray for our military, our active duty military that may or may not end up having to go to the Middle East. And it's not going to be fun. If if this thing breaks out, if this turns into a full-blown uh, Middle East conflict involvement, uh, it's not going to be fun. And not only that, by us going and getting involved in another war in the Middle East, that's going to leave China in a lot better shape than right. they had to just deal with us alone. Right. So, well, well thanks for being here today. I, I need to catch up with you on the documentary sometime. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. So, Friday's my best day, so if you want to get together on a Friday, we can schedule that. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, okay, take care. Brother. Congratulations on the clean bill of health. Stay healthy. Absolutely. I'll try. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right, brother. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks. That is the end already. Man, it goes fast. We'll see you tomorrow.